We're continuing in the Gospel of Revelation. <laughs> this is good news in the midst of bad. And I think that's what Savior really means. That's what it means for a king to come and receive his kingdom. And today we're in chapter 12 of Revelation. We've just taken the dive to 12 to 19, which is probably more than I can chew. And I trust that together we'll be able to sort out what this book is about and know that it is a gospel. Now, gospel means good news, right? And there's lots of good news here. And I trust that in chapter 12, although we come into some very graphic encounter, we have good news here. And as we've done so far from the beginning of this series, I want us to read together. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and heed the things which are written in it, for the time is near. Remember that. This chapter, I'll read right through and we'll be able to take it in because we're going to be going back over it again by detail. And a great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and the agony of giving birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on his head seven diadems. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. She gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. But her child was caught up to God and to his throne, and the woman fled into the wilderness, where she has a place prepared by God, in which she is to be nourished for 1260 days. Now war arose in heaven. Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent, who was called the devil and Satan and the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. But the woman was given the two wings of the great eagle so that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness, to the place where she is to be nourished for a time and times and half a time. The serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with a flood. 
But the earth came to the help of the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon had poured out from his mouth. Then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring, on those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. And he stood on the sand of the sea. Lord, help us now in our hearts and our ears and my mouth. Help us to understand what this is about. Bless us, we pray. We thank you for the blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Point number one is Israel and the red dragon in verses 1 to 6. The blood of the lamb, verses 7 to 11. Israel's offspring, 12 to 17. Simple enough. Let's dive in. Israel and the red dragon. There are two signs in heaven. Verses 1 to 2. And a great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. Okay, let me just stop here. There are at least three scenes in this chapter. Think of yourselves as reading a book, and you open it up, and all of a sudden, right in the very first chapter, you get all the excitement of what is happening and going on, and you think, well, Normally, this would be at the end of the book. But oftentimes, authors either, I don't know what is in the mind of authors sometimes, they change things around. And I try to be logical, although my wife says that I'm not, but things need to be in an orderly fashion. And when I pick up a book and all of a sudden there's action going on, I'm asking tons of questions. What's going on here? Well. I'm not a very fast reader, nor a very fast learner, but by the time I've gotten to the second or third chapter, oh, okay, now I'm starting to see some of my questions were answered in that first chapter. But that's a trick of authoring, I think. That's what's happening in chapter 12. The big picture or the most exciting or the most dramatic is right in the beginning. But there's lots of detail to follow in chapter 12. So don't put the book down and say, well, you know, I read it. No, there are some details now because, like I said, there's two other sections in this chapter that actually feed a lot of information on this first part of these first six verses. And so we need to remember that when we're looking at Revelation. Also, I think I've told you this before, John, when he was lifted up in heaven, heaven is so, so much detail that even to get a glimpse into heaven would wow any of us. What would you say? What would you say if you saw heaven? Well, there was light, but there's things that are hard to understand, hard to put into words. We don't even have words for describing heaven. We have to go there. How many are going, you will be speechless, except for when you see the lamb. You'll do what the elders did. They fell on their faces and worshipped him. And I wonder how long that was. For a hundred years? He's worthy of that. So 
these next several chapters up to chapter 19, it's going to be like this. We're going to be seeing these kind of scenes, which John, he must have been a very fast writer. Or he remembered this, and the Holy Spirit gave him the remembrance to, to remember these things. John was observing an ages-old conflict between the Creator God and His creation and God's people Israel. Satan is referred to as the God of this world, 2 Corinthians 4.4. What John observes in the revelation of Jesus Christ is this ages-old conflict between the Creator, Redeemer God, and Satan, the liar and the deceiver. So he says, a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head, a crown of 12 stars. We have no idea who this woman is. I've never seen a woman like that. But that was how he described this woman. Verses three and four, and another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, the great red dragon. I could not find a reference that would describe a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads, seven diadems. Daniel comes close to that. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth, and the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. Aha! I remember something like that. Jesus was born of a woman. Eve gave birth to a man-child. What happened with both of them, with both of these children, it seemed the enemy was dead set on finishing whatever the woman bore and was seeking to kill, destroy, devour that man-child. You remember the story of Adam and Eve? And Eve bears a child who she knew by God's word, that it would be a man who would bring salvation from the sin that Adam and Eve had fallen into. And he was not a godly man. Her firstborn, and he was a disappointment. And he then had a younger brother who he became jealous of, so jealous that he killed him out in the field. And the word of the Lord came to Cain and said, there is a lion crouching at the door. Beware of that. And Cain then became not a devout follower of God, the creator God. He was a disappointment. And Abel was lost. His blood cried out from the ground. Revenge, revenge. What a disaster in that first family. The enemy had gained power. But then along came Seth, the third child. And Seth walked in the ways of the Lord. This doesn't seem to be the real storyline. What is happening with humanity? God had such a, a hope and a plan for this first couple. And because of their disobedience, because they turned from the living God 
to the liar and the deceiver, God's plan was ruined, supposedly. That's a pretty big picture of a start of a movie. But going through the history of the Old Testament, there comes another one. And his name was Joseph. He wasn't the firstborn. He was down near the bottom. And Joseph then had a dream. It was a dream about 11 stars that would bow down to him. And the story goes on, goes on. That's where we get the 12 stars, Joseph included in, in the 11 stars. This woman is not Eve, not the wife of Seth, not even the wife of Joseph. This woman is Israel. And she is described here as a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars, having to do with the 12 tribes of Israel. In verse 3 and 4, and another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads seven diadems. And his tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. And who, who, who fits that description? Mary had a baby. And Herod the king heard that there was a king born in his domain. And Herod was such a jealous person. He sent out from his troops those that would go into Bethlehem and slaughter every boy at the age of two and under because he was afraid of losing his kingdom. God's painting a picture here of a nation, and he's actually talking of the nation of Israel. And she gave birth to a son, a male child, who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and to his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God, so that there she would be nourished for 1,260 days. Okay, what does that mean, the 1,260 days? I've read quite a few things this past week or so, and I don't have an answer. Some people say, well, that was the start and the extent of the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, I don't think it works that way. But anyway, if anybody has an insight, please email me, okay? Two signs in heaven. Israel gives birth to Messiah. For to us is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. And the last sentence the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. That's our belief. That's our trust. Second point is blood of the lamb. There was war in heaven. 
Michael and his angels waging war on the dragon. And the dragon and his angels waged war and they were not strong enough and there was no longer a place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels with him. This is another scene from the first scene that we had of Israel and the red dragon. Now we're talking about this angel who has thrown the devil, Satan, out of heaven, down to the earth. There was war in heaven, Michael and his angels waging war. And that war was something that is, I believe, is yet to come. Although it's framed in a narrative that would flow along the story. And the story then continues, and then I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before God. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. So what we have here is the story is the whole picture squished down or tamped down to just a few statements. This is what took place in what we call the Gospels of Jesus Christ being born as a man of the Holy Spirit through a young woman and becomes the Lamb of God as all Old Testament scriptures about a coming Messiah were talking about this and projecting this. In heaven, there is no time. And so time sequence for us is very, very important here on earth. But in terms of the way that God sees things, he sees it all as one occasion or one picture. And so that's what John was able to understand and wrote it down. It seems like an awful lot is jammed in there that what is all this about? Well, we just sang worthy is the lamb. And so I've highlighted this part and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony for they love not their lives even unto death. That is the call of heaven to us fallen human beings, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who came to earth, lived as a man, bore the results of our sin, however, not having any sin of his own. And he walked that, and he went to the cross for us and became the first overcomer, the first victor, the first one to challenge this red demon, the one who had his whole heart and mind to be like the Most High God, to be a God himself. And so he took that which God had made in his own image, the man and the woman, and used that to defy, to cry against, to war against the God of heaven.
Now, this isn't a Star Wars. This is reality. This is not even an Avengers movie. This is real life. And by the way, could I just put this in as a, a postscript? Be careful, folks, with the Marvel movies. They are headed toward the exact opposite of the story we're talking about in Revelation. The heroes there in Avengers are not like Joseph or of the disciples. It's of satanic power. The accuser of our brothers. Satan is an accuser. He is treacherous, unrelenting. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth, and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows his time is short. And that's where we are right now. I believe we don't have much time. God does have his people. He's had his people ever since Adam and Eve. But he chose Israel out of Egypt. He chose David, of all people, to be the head of the family of Judah. There is a remnant. And that's what these chapters are about, is about those who are being called out to be the followers of Messiah, the Messiah, a remnant of people. And when the devil saw that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. But the woman was given two wings of the great eagle so that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness to the place where she is to be nourished for a time and times and a half a time. The woman was given two wings. Isaiah 40, 31 says, They who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. There's a couple other references in regards to the wings of eagles. Let's keep that in mind as we move forward here. And the serpent poured out water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with the flood. But the earth came to the help of the woman and the earth opened up its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon had poured out from his mouth. Then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring, on those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. And he stood on the sea. I said, Satan hates God. He desires to overthrow the God of heaven. But two of his targets are those who keep the commandments of God and those who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Who is that talking about? Two people groups. Those who keep the commandments of God and those who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Israel's offspring, 
the followers of Yeshua, Israel. God has not forsaken Israel, although Israel has forsaken God. But you know that there, Mel was talking about those Muslims who are coming to Christ. Did you know that there are many Jewish people today who are turning to Jesus Christ? What did Jesus say about Israel? When you see the fig bud, then look up, your salvation draws near. Followers of Yeshua and the followers of Jesus. There is a remnant. Israel's offspring. Isaiah 40, 28 and 31. Do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is unsearchable. Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Followers of Jesus, that is a good word for us. That's an encouraging word to us. The remnant, the followers of Yeshua, and the followers of Jesus. Romans 11, 25, 26. Lest you be wise in your own sight, I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. Paul is writing, a partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. Who is Israel? Who is Israel? Anybody of the tribe or the nation of Israel in this room? I see a few fingers going up. Yes, we are part of Israel. You know what? God cut down the olive tree. And it was just a stub. But out of that came a root, a sprout. Out of that tree of Israel. Who in the world is that? Jesus himself, who came not just for the Jewish people. He came as the Lamb of God for the whole world to redeem all of us. So we are Jewish. Do you know that? Do you rejoice in that? Well, I can't even speak Hebrew, so, well, I can't speak Japanese either, but... That doesn't make me sad. It makes me glad to be part of God's plan. Are you part of God's plan? He has it all figured out. He has the whole script, everything in detail for us. For those who have passed away, for those who will be born, for all of us, because in Christ, all have become one. And in this way, all Israel will be saved, as it is written, the Deliverer will come from Zion, and he will banish ungodliness from Jacob. And this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Father, we thank you for this incredible narrative 
what you have allowed us to look into and wonder about, and we pray that you will continue to put within our hearts a looking toward what this is all about and not giving up. To have wings, to be right on the wings of an eagle, run and not be weary and not faint. Pray for each one in this room that we will catch the vision of what you have in mind for the world today and have for all eternity. And may we be so challenged and so excited about the kingdom of God that with this picture that we have just barely begun to, to understand, that we will be excited to, to walk in your way and discover your plan and purpose for our lives as well as those who follow us. Thank you for the gospel of revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's stand. You've heard this many times, the ironic blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.